and we are recording. I'm so I'm so happy to have you, Jordan. I this is way overdue. Yeah, I definitely I think so because I think we connected maybe years ago when I first started writing on Medium and f- found you through Invisible Illness the publication and. And I'm glad we've stayed in touch. And like well, I told you've you, you've gone on to do so much stuff. So let's start <laughs> with the focus on you. All right. Tell me about when we did first meet. Where where were you with your writing, and sort of where you've gone? Yeah, that's a couple of years ago now. It was probably when I first started writing consistently online about mental health because I've always enjoyed writing and I've done poetry and and things like that. But I. I think it was when I first, I started my first site called Nerve 10, uh, which is the, for any uh, anatomy geeks out there, the idea was that the nerve 10, cranial nerve 10 connects to all parts of the body. And I I, I kind of view mental health that way. I love that. By the way, I never knew that was what Nerve 10 meant. Oh, yeah. I did look at the site, but I feel like I just didn't retain that. So that's, that's the vagus nerve? Yes. So that's that's that important nerve that connects to like the lungs and the stomach and colon and all different parts of the body that uh, I just thought it was a, a nice little reference. I like, I, I think in associations of a very like uh, verbal written word kind of person. And I had to take this anatomy course to officially get into uh, my social work program for grad school because I didn't have like a prerequisite having studied business and in, in undergrad. And so uh, that's where it came from. And I just, I, once the idea got in my mind, I remember I was talking to like a, a therapist, like I, I'm this, if I do have a mental health blog, I'm going to name it that. And I ended up doing it. How long did you, how long was it? Did you keep it as that? And then what happened? Nerve 10 was a good, it was through grad school. So like 2016 to 2018 was, I was consistently writing there and I was teaching myself SEO in the process. It's funny because now I manage an SEO program and it's everything comes full circle. But uh, I was surprised that I was able to rank and people were finding it and, and it was just a lot of fun to do it. Um, but I, I just started writing about, it. I think the content that I was hoping to find is kind of the content that you were uh, promoting on the invisible illness publication. I, I just wanted some more accessible, meaningful content, which is my personal mission. I repeat those words a lot is accessible, meaningful mental health content. I, I, I didn't want it to be all negativity and doom and gloom. And like you search mental illness on Google and you get, uh, references to suicide and that's absolutely we got to talk about that but you search um you search like physical health uh instead of mental health and you get kids who are going down the slide and they're in gym class and they're all happy but i could not agree with you more and i think this is such a good example of why we stayed in touch because our mindsets are very similar like i I completely agree and it's always frustrated me and yeah i felt that and i felt like you were a kindred spirit in a way and i really liked what you were doing and so I'm glad we have a chance to talk here. Me too. And so um, did Nerve 10 do what you wanted it to do? Nerve 10, I think, was a chance to prove to myself that I I could just put my writing out there. And I was really getting comfortable sharing anything about mental health. Uh, I, I was certainly not at the point where I am now. It's funny how much you can grow in just a couple of years and what you're comfortable writing. I still have a rule where I'll write about something only if I processed it, only if I, uh, especially with mental health issues, it's, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. And if you're, if you're not process, if you haven't processed it, if someone makes a comment that's negative, like you could really internalize that and personalize it. So 
uh, it's not like I was sharing every little thing about my deepest, darkest secrets, that kind of thing. Uh, it was just some mental health issues that I'd already processed and what I'd been through. Uh, and to get to your question, if it did what I wanted it to do, it was, it was meant to be a learning opportunity experiment. And it was interesting to see which pages ranked well and which sections were popular. And, and it's funny, I first got the idea of maybe publishing a, a poetry book because by far the poetry section was the most popular on the site. And That's I never, so unusual. And, and I just like writing in that way. I didn't think anyone would care or think it was any good, but it just comes very naturally. I just kind of think like that already and like rhyming and, and it probably doesn't make very much sense, but it's how my brain operates. Well, obviously it, it connects with others if you, that's what's most popular, you know, they're, they're getting it. Right. And then, so that turned into what I'm doing now with the, the mental health update, which I wanted to be a little more intentional and actually try to build a, a following around something I believed in. Nerve 10 was a little bit all over, more like personal, just this accessible information. Mental health update, I, I want to provide a regular uh, set of email uh email articles, so mini blog posts for email to spread this kind of information that I, I, I realize people want to get, but this is more like a structured format for that. You then changed careers. You were in social work. Where, where did you live? Because you also moved, right? I, I think when we, I'm trying to think when we first met, if I was in Virginia at that point, probably was. I had lived in Montana for five years from 2011 to 2016. Met my uh, now wife in, in Montana, we moved to Virginia and Richmond because they had a really good social work program at VCU. And she actually was born in Richmond and had some family in the area. So we were thinking we wanted to be closer to family. A couple years in, I just miss Montana too much. Like this mm. is, I think my spiritual home. I think my wife feels the same way. I, I lo- just love being out here and miss the mountains too much. And so also I kind of had a big epiphany that I was I love working with families and youth and then in work, I worked in an inpatient mental health unit. I worked uh, in a pediatrics practice in Virginia and I, and I like it, but I, I really, and I hope this doesn't come across as like arrogant or narcissistic or something that I, I really feel like I can have more of a difference outside of the system. The, the system I completely understand. I completely understand. I mean, I think there's something about using a different set of skills and, and sort of the whole landscape as opposed to, to finding yourself just in one pillar that's a very different world. Yeah. And, and, and there was just kind of an entrenched mindset already in the mental health system. I found it in my classmates too. I didn't really feel like I connected with a lot of, um, I don't love formal education. I'm a kind of an, an, an outlier uh, with that. Or Are you an autodidact? I feel like you're really, I mean, you're, you're such a prolific writer. And I imagine you're reading all the time. Are you just more of an independent learner? I am. I'm kind of an independent spirit. I got my uh, Myers-Briggs is INFJ. So one of the more, maybe the most rare one. I go back and forth between ENFJ and INFJ. But yes, love to learn. Just my parents will tell me, I've always been super curious. Like they would hate going on walks with me around the block because I would just stop and look down every sewer grate. And like, it would take me forever to get around the block. And, and so, yeah, that a quick story, and this to give you an idea of my, like, I guess my personality and some of my inten- intensity is, so I was getting frustrating in grad school because I thought it was going to be this, like this big enlightening thing. I would be that two years dedicated to learning. I'd find similar people, but it was a lot of kind of students younger than I was who, 
would see that I had a book with me or something in class. I was like, oh, I wish I could read. I wish I had time to read. Like, I'll, I'll get to that when the summer's here. And in the meantime, like, they would tell me about eight different series they'd finished on Netflix. And so, like, you have time. You just, they're not making, you're not dedicating, dedicating it to reading. And so I, I had, like, a little goal for myself to see if you can still read when you're busy. And I ended up during my first year of grad school reading like 86 books, I think, and still doing other stuff. And I I remember thinking like, how did that happen? Because I was really busy, but obviously I had time for other things. And and so it was just a good lesson for me that if it's important to me, I'll find a way to get it done. And so when did the SEO start and you, did you get a job and move back to Montana? Like, how did that all work? Uh, it's gotta be some kind of weird, you know, universal line type thing. Uh, I, so I knew I needed to go back. My wife and I were really, we felt like our, our souls were dying in Richmond. It was just, it wasn't the same. And I was working for a startup, uh, in Richmond and it, it was a good job. I learned a lot and I had an opportunity to learn about a number of different things, which is perfect for me. But I just, uh, I just missed Montana. I felt like I, I should be doing something else. And we decided to move and it's really risky to do this. We had enough money to do it and put a little bit on credit card too, but it's like, we're just going to move back and it's going to work out. It always works out. And um, if I, every time I follow my heart, it has. And so there were some months of doubt and trying to freelance and then and teaching myself new things that were interesting. Um, but uh, I ended up just like it usually happens that being on Craigslist when I never am on Craigslist, seeing a really like authentic job posting and just saying, I think I, this is the kind of company I like, I need to work with. And I already have an interest in SEO. I just genuinely find it interesting. And they work for like uh, big West marketing. And we work with service businesses. So like salt of the earth type people, uh, plumbers, pressure washers, carpet cleaners doing local SEO and then marketing and web design. And so it seemed like a good fit and it absolutely has been. I've been there How six long months. has it been now? Six months that I've... Okay. Do, do you ever feel like, oh, I'm, yeah. I don't have any mojo left after doing all this work for other people to do my own stuff? Like, how, how do you do that? Well, I think that was another reason that I wanted to do something else. And startup life, as I think you know, can be pretty draining and um, you don't have a lot of energy to do other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, I felt like... Uh, since when I took the job at the startup, my creativity just wasn't there. I wasn't doing it. And, and I realized that I need that kind of creative activity to be truly happy. I just need that. And so it, I was more than willing to take a pay cut and move out here and, and to have a better quality of life where if you're doing something you like at work, you, you don't lose that much energy. But plus there's more to that, as you know, there's, there's habits you need to build. I, I It's taken years to get to this point and years of reading and testing things out. But uh, I mainly get up early and write in the morning. That's what works. Yeah, I was going to ask you how many hours a week do you think you're writing for yourself? And then I also want to know Twitter because I feel like you've got a lot of Twitter time. That's pretty impressive. So how how does that break down? Not as much as I used to be on Twitter, to be honest. I'm not actively trying to build that. I'm, I'm just kind of a status quo engaging and sharing when I'm in there. But there was a time I don't even know how to explain it. I just felt like the need during grad school, like I think Twitter can be something. Let me see if I can just build a p- platform, like consciously do it. You and it, did it. And, and it worked over the course of a year. I was like up thousands of followers and just taught myself Twitter. And it was a perfect medium for me because it feels like poetry. Uh, every tweet feels like a little poem. And I just think that way already. So anytime I had a thought, it, it really wasn't like I was on there all the time. It was just like a creative outlet for me where 
I, I knew I had to be consistent. I knew I had to have a kind of a brand. And so I went for it with mental health and sometimes poetry sprinkled in. And, and that worked for me. And I feel like you asked, uh, so how I manage my time. Um, I feel like how many hours a week are you writing? I probably write about not that much, honestly, for the mental health update, maybe four or five hours a week. Maybe. Okay. Uh, and so it's doable if you do it in the morning and you like it. Uh, plus, I, I'm, I'm just really weird. And so one summer, I had some downtime. I taught myself Dvorak. I think after reading about Matt Mullenweg teaching himself wow. Dvorak, the keyboard. Yeah, layout yeah, yeah. After I think three, you told uh, me this. Yeah, it's yeah. a super fast keyboard, right? It's like a really... Yeah, where all the keys are on like the home row. So the yeah. eight IOU is in the home row, all these yeah. things, the main keys. And so now I can type really fast. Or I can, I just... And how do you think it connects with your own mental health? Like sometimes I know as a, as a sort of compulsive person, as, a, um, as an overthinker, as I always talk about, I, I am driven to try to figure things out. Like it is, you know, my strength and weakness. And um, I feel like you're probably similar, right? Yeah, I would say so. It, it's, uh, it's, and I do deal with like OCD as well. So I guess I would say I'm like on the moderate uh, OCD and that where the, wherever the spectrum is. Uh, and so I take medicine for that, which has actually really helped. Good. I, I get obsessed pretty easily, uh, that I try to fo- channel it now into good kinds of obsession, like writing, like things that actually help people. And, uh, I enjoy too. Um, but yeah, in the past it, it was maybe like bad kinds of obsessions. Like I'd worry too much and I just fixate and ruminate and I had the, like the thought variety kind of OCD. So intrusive thoughts that mm-hmm. would get out of my head that kind of thing. Um, but it's, I find it helpful now. It's, it's really, really therapeutic for me. And so it doesn't feel like work. Like I'll write in the morning and then go to work and I haven't lost any energy. I just, uh, as long as I get enough sleep, it, it works out for me. Do the, and, does the medication just make in the, tr- the intrusive thoughts go away? How does that work? Like what, what does the medication do? Because I didn't, I never really believed in like psych meds. I didn't think they helped very much. I had some really bad experiences when I was dealing with depression after heart surgery that I just was very worried. But when I actually got a good diagnosis and this doctor realized that I had like a strong OCD component to me, it helped. Like I take Paxil and obviously everyone's different. I'm not, it's not like i I'm not a sponsor for Paxil. Of course. Uh, by the way, me too. I always talk about Lexapro constantly and I'm like, all I can tell you is I fought it so hard and now I can feel how it helps me. So yeah. I'm exactly the same. But but I genuinely feel like since starting it, and it's been that way, there hasn't been the kind of like intrusive thoughts that I used to get since middle school, I'd say. And I'm sure there are other things that have helped. Like I, I meditate fairly regularly. I've kind of fallen off a little bit, but but that has helped me catch my thoughts. And, and it's it, always there for you. The weird thing about meditation is even if you're not doing it every day, just thinking about meditation actually helps. That's what's so strange. Like you think, oh, meditation, that's enough to actually give you something. Yeah, absolutely. I, no, I think that's a really good point because I, I, that, I've actually thought about that too, where maybe the skill's not as honed. It was like a muscle where like, you can do, you do better at catching your thoughts or focusing when you meditate more. But yes, it's like when you go through a tough life experience too, like you can draw from that. You can remember, oh, I've done this before. I've reached that mindset before. And yeah. So I, do this. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It, um, you know, the, I, something that's really interesting to me about intrusive thoughts is that 
we have no idea how widespread. So right. many people probably have intrusive thoughts that have no idea what that is. Absolutely. And especially like kids and hitting teenage years, like just assume that's what it is to be a human being, like having intrusive thoughts. Um, I feel like I got a really good insight into that from my favorite comedian, Maria Bamford, who talks a lot about intrusive thoughts in her standup. And I realized like she, you know, she as many did not realize that this is, this is not what everyone experiences. Like you, you don't have a war in your mind all the time. So. Right. I just feel like I, I want to, I want people to understand that about intrusive thoughts. That's not, you don't have to live with that. Yeah, that is, uh, that's exactly right. And it's one of my favorite reasons that I like writing when someone reads something and they, they see themselves in it and they realize they're not alone. That's really why I, I, I think why I got into mental health, why social work. I just, I like helping people realize they're not alone. And that's what you do too with the, with the lighthouses. Oh, I love it. In fact, you like completely anticipated my lighthouse question. Then how do you want to be a lighthouse for others? You, you are a lighthouse through your writing and through other people understanding. Um, What do you often hear from people is the thing that they are connected with you about? Who I, I, I've had some really nice, comments from people who going back to it say that they don't feel alone that that about that, ocd in particular or just like oh, lots oh, of stuff not just ocd because i don't honestly write about I, I write about all kinds of things but it, it, ocd doesn't affect too too many people at least that have spoken about it on my newsletter or responded to me so anxiety is popular I talk about depression a lot like i try to make it I don't want it to be the strange thing like, ooh, OCD, you're ooh, bipolar. Like I try to get to the commonalities of what it is. Like there are yeah, intersections. It, it's an everyday issue. I mean, that it's a human, it's a human experience. And I wanted to go back to that because what you said, I think people it's something that pains me, some of it's of this place where I've been is that you think you're all alone. You think you're this weird, strange creature that you're thinking about things, but it's actually pretty common. Now, it may not be as common to have extreme OCD, intrusive thoughts, but weird thoughts, everyone has them. And, and you're not a monster like this. And then fearing the thought, you know, like having the thought, should I jump off the cliff, you know, and then fearing mm-hmm. the thought and then that causing this loop is yep. extremely common. And I think realizing that it's, it's normal, even just having that conversation with people. When I was working with patients or clients and just ha- having them understand it's normal, that's often all they needed. Like that, it's just kind of acceptance. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like just kind of existential type therapy. Like we're in this together and you create your own meaning and that kind of thing. And I've seen people change in an instant when, once they feel truly understood. Like I, I, I don't think therapy always needs to take like uh, 14 weeks and weekly visits. They're, Me too. If you can I also really- think not all therapy is created equally for all of us. I mean, I often talk about how I went to five different therapists. No one spotted generalized anxiety disorder. And even now going to a therapist that wants to talk and talk and talk, that is not the best path for me. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, I, my husband once said, can you ask your therapist how long you'll be going? And she said, well, as long as you have stuff to talk about you, you can be coming to therapy. And I was like, I could have stuff to talk about for the rest of my life. I'm going to be like 90 years old going to therapy. Right. And, uh, 
you know, just for some of us, different brains, but for some of us, that isn't always the best thing. Right. Right. And I, I like to talk. I, I'm, I know I'm an introvert because I really crave meaningful conversations. Like I can talk with anyone, but I, I don't get energized by that. Like working in an inpatient uh, unit, people said that's got to be so exhausting, but it, it actually wasn't for me. I felt like every single interaction was meaningful and I loved it. And, and But you go through like you go to a party and you have a lot of small talk and I'm just drained. And I, just I love like, that. That's such a great point. Do you miss it? I do miss that. Uh, I miss some of the interactions in the job, the job itself. And I, I just found so often, and I think it's, it's part of the, the system is that I was spent, I spent so much time not doing the job. Like there was so much bureaucracy and drama. And often I felt like the patients were healthier than the, the people I was working with that I just wow. like, and I'm really, I'm not saying this to be funny. Like I really felt like I needed to get some sanity back by going to talk to people who are actually hospitalized. Like it just, that's not good when you're in, you're in a hospital and you feel like you're doing more harm or the people around you are doing things that are really unhealthy. Uh, and so I, I just felt like I kept fighting up against the system and I'm a person who naturally wants to make things better. And I've been in big uh, nonprofits and hospitals where it just, that wasn't how they operated. They didn't want to get better. They just wanted to do business as usual. And that doesn't work for me. And so I'm, I'm carving my own path. I love it. What, what do you, do you have a vision of the kind of path you would want in the future? Like, do you imagine what your, your path could look like? Ah, so this is a, this is like a perfect, another universe, like a, a lining type thing. I was just, I got a new planner. Uh, so I was using the best, best self journal, but it, they were so expensive that I went with a different one. It's called goal crazy. So not the most PC, like their whole thing is all about like being crazy and celebrate your crazy. Right, 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 right. If you read it, it makes sense. Like they actually have a really funny kind of way of doing it. Um, but there's a whole set of exercises you go through that are determined like, where, where are you? How are you balanced in life? And what are your goals and dreams? And I, I really took some time to think about that. And it sounds selfish. It's like when you put down, like, I want to do this and a million dollars and become a mental health influencer that's nationally known. But I, I, I really feel like I have something to say and if people are willing to listen and their, their, their hearts respond to it. Like, I would like to change the way we talk about mental health and, and write more books and, and speak and get myself out there more and, and created, created an organization slash mental health media company uh, to, to talk about these things. Like, I think we, I think we, we need a different way to talk about mental health. What we would have, you, what would you, if you could snap your fingers right now and change one thing about how people talk about mental health, from your experience, what, what would it be? I think the fact that, uh, I, I want it to be more acceptable to talk about it in everyday conversations because you, you, I'm pretty open. I'm not going to push mental health issues on people if I don't think they're, they're wanting to talk about it. But almost every time I re- I bring up a mental health issue on my newsletter, uh, it, it, provokes a really strong response in a way that tells me that people are craving to talk about this. That Where, is a part do you live in a small town? I forgot. Where do you live in Montana? Missoula. So oh, okay. it, Missoula. It, it's yeah. fairly big now for, for Montana. And it's like a university town. Yeah. I just wouldn't expect. So you know what mine is, I think? I only realized it when I'm talking to you. Mine is that more people would have more um, I think it, it comes down to not wanting stigma, but more of a sense of humor around it. <laughs> like, I actually think it's really yeah. an interesting, fascinating topic. And you're right. When people respond with like that stiffness or like, um, it's just ruins the conversation. 
There's just so much to explore. Like why, why do we even have to go down that path? And it's just, it's just so common. Like we all have it. And, <laughs> and I, 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 it shouldn't be strange. I hope it's not strange to say that one day, but I remember I had a no, really, you're great, exactly right. I had a great job that I loved uh, uh, working for the our state uh, education department. I was setting up mental health programs this is before I went back to grad school uh, and in school districts and like doing trauma informed care. And one of our school districts was on the Blackfeet reservation. And so I was going out to Browning, Montana and I just, like love, I resonate so much with like indigenous people and that way of thinking it's, it's whatever it is. I remember we were having this like real stuffy meeting or I was trying not to be stuffy, but like, there's a lot of people from OPI there or the office of public construction is what we call it. And we're just kind of talking and I'm really trying to let the like elders speak. And I remember one guy said, it's like, I just don't, I just don't understand why this is like such a big deal. Like we we've always had mental health. Like I don't, like I get you want to do a program and, and that, that, that's good, but like, it's like, this is something we've been talking about forever. And it's just, it, I, I remember it, it resonated so much because that's how I felt about it. And it, he just generally looked confused. Like, why is this, does it need a specialized like federal grant program for us to start working on mental health? And it just, uh, I, that. I support you starting a media empire about mental health. I think that's great. I think you're honing all of your SEO skills so that you can yeah. like bring it to bear. Um, you don't think that sounds strange. You don't think that sounds like a, just a... No, not at all. Are you kidding me? Like my dream is to explore new pathways into mental health related media. I mean, I, I feel the exact same way. Okay. Um, our visions might look slightly different, but they're like in the general same direction. So I don't think that sounds weird at all. I, you know, it's a very rich, large world and and we're in the infancy of it. Like it, it, there has not been much done. It's amazing. Even five years ago when I started, I was like, there's like nothing out there. What is going on? Exactly. I felt the same way. And I felt like, why shouldn't I try creating something that I believe yeah. in? And it, and it was my thought process with this newsletter. I thought, I mean, email newsletters are, 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 are still big. They're still very important. It's people inviting you into their inbox. Like it's a very personal connection. I think people would want to get information this way about mental health. Uh, and just Do you always know who you want to reach the most? Like for me, it's the me of 2015 or the 2014, uh, you know? No, yeah, it's, I probably should spend a little bit more time honing that in uh, and doing like a target audience type thing. I think it, it can be all kinds of people because I've mm. seen young, old uh, in Nigeria, in Canada. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it is a universal topic, but when I think of what motivates me, I always think, how do I reach the person that doesn't know, that is just unaware that this is what's happening to them? That's the person I'm really interested in. They're the really hard ones to reach. They're not searching uh, the terms necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. And I would obviously want to reach those kind of people. I think right now I would say are, are ones that are already thinking about it. Right, exactly. Yeah. They are on Twitter uh, looking at it and commenting. Yeah. But yes, I think something like a, a media company or empire, you could get more exposure and reach people who they may not have realized what they're dealing with. This is a mental health thing. Uh, and I think that's yeah. a way, way to do it. It's not going to happen necessarily to the mental health system. It's going to be the outlets that people are already... Thank what are some of your favorite media companies in general, if you have any? Like, what are places that you think, oh, with that topic, they do really well? It's tough 
because I'm actually not a huge fan of mass media. Mm. I try to not pay attention to it. I think it's designed to rile people up and scare. And I, I'm convinced of that. It actually doesn't help my mental health very much at all. Yeah. Watch that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm I have a lot of curated newsletters that I like. I'm a big fan of, of, I guess this is kind of related to mental health, but uh, mental models, Farnham street. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. I don't with know that. what that is actually. Absolutely. Uh, what's his name? Paris, Shane Parrish. He's like a former Canadian intelligence person who just is, has a great way of breaking down mental models in a way. Interesting. That are, I'll have to look him up. Absolutely. Farnham street. I recommend um, it's more like the bit is geared towards like business and wall street type people. Cause it's supposed to train you to think better. Um, but I really like that. Um, I, for news, I like Axios, that, mm. that, that newsletter. I think that they do a really good job. Um, I, I like finding people who like, like Tim Ferriss, they're kind of in that thing. Tim Ferriss is one of the first that got me into like, okay, life hacking and then do being more, uh, they take really. You and so problems. many people. I mean, it is massive. Like Tim Ferriss is one of the, but I, I have found all these other people probably through Tim Ferriss. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I like people who take really complex subjects and distill it down into the, the core essence. I think, I mean, that shows that you understand it really well. And I try to do that with my, my mental health writing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So you just published a book. What's the name of the book? Oh yeah, I did. It's called in search of happiness, uh, colon healing through mental health poetry. It, it just, it, it's another example of like mental health bringing people together. My cover designer actually did this for free. She's awesome. Her name's wow. Lindsay, uh, of Alara Design. She found, I think, one of my blog posts on Nerve 10 talking about how I was going to write a mental health poetry book. And she just said, you know, I told her, relate to this. I'm going to do it for free. Amazing. And it was a time when I was questioning, like, am I going to even do this? Like, this Amazing. is a lot more work than I thought I was to do. But again, the universe is like, here's a signal that you should keep going. And she's great. And we're going to work on some other stuff going forward. How does it feel to have it out? And like, what are your hopes and dreams for it besides selling a million copies? Yeah. So I'm being, I'm trying to be realistic because I know it's self-publishing. There's a lot to learn. Uh, I'm happy so far only having really promoted the Kindle and the the ebook version and trying to get, make that affordable, like 99 cents just to to make it accessible. Uh, That it sold like over a little over a hundred so far in the first couple weeks to two weeks. So I'm, I'm happy with that with not really promoting outside of like Twitter. Uh, but what I found is that most people want a paperback. Like most people do mm. not want Kindle or they don't use it. That's interesting. And a ton of people are like, no, I absolutely buy the paperback. I just don't like, I don't have Kindle. Or I don't even want to download an app. Uh, they just don't like reading that way. And I don't blame them. Like, I don't, so do you, I don't, is there a paperback available? Yes. It is just now. Okay. Uh, but I, th- I, based on the reception so far from people who don't even read poetry saying that they, they loved it, uh, I think there are some things I can do to, to promote it and hopefully it does well. Um, but, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't hopefully know. Include what- a link. Okay. <laughs> I am so thankful, Jordan, that you are one of like the other planets in orbit. That's how I think of it. Like we're just like right. all out here trying to figure this world out. We, we sort of stay in touch with each other, you know, Nikki Cullen, I don't know if you know him, but he's amazing. He's another person that I feel that way about. It's a pretty small group still for me, but I love getting to know my, my fellow planets. (laughs) It's so nice. That's a good way to put it. I, yes, I feel like we're in a a good planetary, planetary orbit together and you'll have to (laughs) 
You'll have to connect me with that. I, I wasn't familiar with that other name. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like we can talk forever. Right? How your book? How long did that take from the idea when? I mean, it really took five years, be, only because it was all that time of writing and figuring it out. But the actual reality of it was was pretty fast. That's great. Um, and then worked with a designer too, a bunch. So um, you got a book is beautiful. It's just amazing. Thank you. Featured and like I, I get recommendo, and I think I saw it on there. Uh, that newsletter that was that's fantastic. That was so nice of them. I, I really love Claudia, who works on the the sort of emotional learning side of recommendo. I love I love all the stuff she recommends. But um, yeah, I, I it was really hard to figure out what it wanted to be. Like, there's this little book in the back that's this like second book called When Something's Wrong But Nothing's Wrong, right. and figuring out how the the book related to that little book and what that little book was and it was feelings and this was thoughts and you know it just it's so weird it's like it's like it has to live apart from you it's like it's like you're you're like giving birth to it and then it's then it's out there by itself i mean it totally changes from proposal to like what i actually delivered um i'm working on another book idea now and it's the same thing it's like radically changing and i know it's going to radically change many times before it's actually ready to go okay it's really different than working in tech i'll tell you that much like yeah. you just um it's a it's a different kind of team and sure. it's a little more dispersed and you're i i have a feeling if you do it again and again you're used to it like oh this is the point where this happens and this is the point where this happens but i'm still figuring that out for sure thank you so much jordan for this i really really appreciate it i'm so happy we got to talk Absolutely. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and inviting me and uh, I will keep uh, following your journey and, and, and recommending your newsletter and book and all that. Right back at you. All right.